2: Oval Roach.
3: And with the engineer, call screener, producer, whatever other hat you want to give me, Chris. Chris here in the building. And uh, what's that? We've got some.
4: uh,
3: A word from the coach. How
4: about them cowboys? Uh,
3: oh, baby, Owen one but for whatever it's worth, the rookie at the helm with Romo nursing yet another injury, your boys looked okay. Rookie looks like he might be the future, uh, but we'll get to that. But it's been an interesting couple of weeks. We're back on the air. We have the start of football, which mm-hmm. is a breath of fresh air. Our last show about the anniversary, uh, our little – OCG, our little internal anniversary celebration, went quite well. Uh, Barbecue and banana splits for all. And uh, some family feud. Some family feud, a little family feud. And uh, it was great. So we hope you all had a good couple of weeks. We're back at it. Uh, And it is that time of year. Let's get right into it.
5: say the autumn wind is blowing (laughs) as the football season starts but out here we're entering the hottest time of the year (laughs) right so um it doesn't line up for me but that's okay
3: so we're gonna ask the host for his honest and objective breakdown of both his boys his cowboys he's a cowboys fan he also being from new york happens to be a giants and jets fan but that's an easy breakdown because the Giants and the Cowboys played each other in week one. Mm-hmm. So we need an objective breakdown of your teams in week one and an objective breakdown of the local boys, the Niners, and then I will return the favor.
5: Okay. Uh, the Jets made me hate kickers once again.
3: <laughs> Do kickers have it rough?
5: Um, <laughs> so I was very disappointed about that. And... um Whenever I never had a problem being a Cowboy and, Gi- and New York football giant fan over the years because normally one of them is up while the other is down.
3: There you go. Okay.
5: However, when they are both somewhat competitive or there's some balance there where either one might be able to take the division, and then when they play each other being in the NFC East, I have to sit, as objectively as possible with, of course, an inherent nod on one hand going to the New York Giants, but then a uh, sentimental nod on the other hand going to the Dallas Cowboys, being the first team I've ever watched on TV, blah, 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 from the 70s. With all that said, uh, the Giants have a stout defensive line.
3: Sure, they do.
5: Stout defensive line.
3: I'm glad they rebuilt mm. that, too. I'll interject, by the way, because that's what got them where they well, they, when did, they were going they, places. They, they the, spent
5: $200 million. Yeah,
3: so you better. But the trenches, man. The trenches are not the pretty positions, and time and time again, teams that build around those lines, yeah, you, you're doing things. Yeah.
5: Um, well, it's still... Time will tell if their offensive line is up to par of their Super Bowl years. On the Cowboys' side, I thought the rookie quarterback played decent. I think they were kind of conservative with him, Mm -hmm. um, and they need to forget that. Got to just go try and win it. And um, I didn't think they ran Ezekiel Elliott enough from the I formation. Sure, sure. That's my assessment. Now, moving to the uh, forty ers I mean, Niners. <clears throat> oh, boy, of course.
3: Yes, move to them, please.
5: Uh, I, of course, as is tradition, did not watch <laughs> the game. <laughs> Refused to have the game on in the house. I have a 26-year... Uh, is it 26? How long have I been in California? 25-year 20, uh, ban, in effect. <laughs> all uh, right, all right. has not been lifted. Uh, so I didn't watch the game. However... I did switch over to ESPN expecting to catch some late night sports and, and and actually caught the tail end, uh and I was shocked to see that they were uh pitching a shutout. Yes. Against the vaunted LA Rams. Yes. So, um I guess uh Blaine Blabbermouth uh played okay. I'm guessing that's what happened. And um were, were my eyes deceiving me or did uh Colin Pumpernickel coming in for some mop up duty.
3: No, that is no. accurate. Oh, okay. No, he, he, he came did? in. Oh, yeah, okay. your eyes were not deceiving you. Okay. Um he it, it was 28 nothing and we had the ball with 2 minutes left. Okay. He came in to hand the ball off three times and Okay. That's that was it. All right. Um, you will stand for the national anthem. That's exactly right. <laughs> so um yeah, okay. So you caught some you just saw the ticker, or you caught any highlights? Or? I
5: no, I just caught when sure. when uh, Pumpernickel was warming up on the sidelines. Oh, okay. and then I switched over. I you know I saw the score and said, "Wow, okay, we'll see what happens next week." Yeah, yeah. it's a big division win, right? They're in the same
3: division. Yeah, right? the yeah, right. back so. to the divisional rivalry it makes sense that they're back in L.A. because they were in L.A. Yeah. and this is the NFC West, St. Louis. It was always weird to be in the NFC West, but have one game a year within your division where you were making the 10 a.m., the East Coast. But that's because they're trying
5: to keep traditional rivalry. Because look at the NFC East. The Cowboys are in Texas.
3: Right. And Giants, right. All the other three teams are on the Eastern Seaboard. Right. Exactly. So, exactly. So, and the Bay Area and LA have always had like a. So it feels good, actually, that they're back in LA for rivalry's sake and the division's sake. Yep. Um,. I was able to. I don't have any kind of crazy ban, okay, but maybe I would if I were over in Dallas or in New York and that's all I heard in the streets or all I saw. Maybe I'd implement a ban, but I am a football fan um, as well as a 49er fan, so I just enjoy watching the games. And uh, I also happen to have Des Bryant on my fantasy football team, so uh, vested interest in checking out the game, which, by the way, oh, boy, uh, eight yards and one catch, I would have liked a little more than that. But it's clear, the Giants, like any smart team, when a rookie quarterback is starting, you stack the box and you take away their number one option and you give them the middle of the field and see what the slot and the tight end and if he's going to go through his progression. That's what they did. Yeah. So <clears throat> that's a no-knock on Dak Ordez. That was just a part of the defensive game plan. Uh, but I actually I thought for a rookie, Dak Prescott looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously... Like many rookies, he's going to be really raw and refined, and it will do him some good when Romo comes back. To I think actually he's in a better position now because he'll have played a couple of games, and now he can go back to a clipboard. And, and... Can I just mention one thing real quick? Sure. You know what I, I didn't like?
5: And I'm not sure what the reason is, so I'm not going to jump to conclusions or cast any aspersions. Yeah. I would have thought that since Romo was there on the sideline, that he would have been sitting with Dak on the opposite side of the offensive coordinator and, you know, and kind of helping him. Yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. What'd, Looking you, at the what'd you see? And blah, 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 yeah, blah. Yeah. They got the notepad, you know I mean?
3: the iPad out, yeah, all the breaking that. down. Stuff. I didn't
5: see him doing anything of that. You no, know what I'm saying.
3: So I didn't, yeah, I didn't pay attention to that, but,
5: but don't know why. Maybe because sometimes they say, well, it's best to stay back so that you don't kind of clutter their head. Right, with information and so on and so forth. So right, they say, let me stay away kind of let you it know. come to them. Yeah,
3: but uh, yeah, I thought he looked good. I actually, even though Dallas lost, I thought they looked like the better team. As funny as that may sound, they I were know. moving the ball between the twenties. Yeah, but they they didn't. You know, well, and this is something that they say is particularly about quarterback play when you get into the red zone. Receivers aren't open quote-unquote necessarily anymore those Mm -hmm. windows are you have to throw people open it's it's tied in there Mm -hmm. um when you're playing between the 20s there's open space you can and everything gets condensed and so that's that's tough on a rookie and i'm sure um i'm not in the locker room by any stretch but i'm sure um that one of the main messages sold to him as to any rookie going in is just protect the football give us a chance and so when you're in the red zone, if it's tight, you're probably not going to pull the trigger. You're trying to avoid but that costly had, interception. But they had
5: some big drops.
3: Uh, and they did have some drops, to his credit so as well. So when you're having
5: a rookie quarterback, every, everyone has got to play to their utmost potential. Right. No drops, no fumbles, right. and, you know, nothing of that nature. Exactly.
3: So. But I thought he looked good. Um, I didn't really catch any of the Jets' game, some highlights. Um, but Cincinnati's a good team. Mm-hmm. Um, A.J. Green went off. That might say something about the defense. I mean, he went off for like 150 yards and yeah. a touchdown or something like that. But um, a couple of blown uh, blown coverages. coverages. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as far as the Niners, you know, it's hard to say. Obviously, their offense looks more efficient than it did last year because we have a competent coach. To me,
5: it's not the offense, to be honest. When you shut a team out in the NFL,
3: that's yeah. a big deal. Oh, sure. No, but but to the point of the offense, the Rams have considered one of the best front seven, if not defensive line in all of the NFL. Mm-hmm. And you didn't hear their names being called. They're, the 49ers offensive line appears to be back to some of the higher levels where they were at mm-hmm. before, and they held their own. I, I think Blaine Gabbert actually didn't play all that well. Um, if you watch some who, of the highlights. Who,
5: who's Blaine
3: Gabbert? Oh, yeah. The quarterback for the San Francisco oh. 49ers, actually. Uh, he didn't play all that well. Um, he missed some wide-open throws, and, you know, that may just be he's still antsy. He's played behind poor offensive lines and poor offenses his entire career. Um, it was mainly the offensive line, the running game, and, of course, the defense. Yeah, um, The defense looked really, really good. That said, I also think Case Keenum looked really, really bad. Um,
5: By the way, didn't I tell you in preseason? About the Niners' defense, yeah, that they looked very,
3: yeah, know, chippy. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, looked better. Yeah, yeah. Um. And there's something to be said when you take you know one of the now top running backs in the league, Todd Gurley, and he did nothing. Yep. Um. The entire game, I temper my enthusiasm strictly because last season opener uh, was either Monday night or Sunday night, and they played the Vikings. And held Adrian Peterson to barely anything and won 28-3 and looked dominant. Mm -hmm. And we know the rest of the story there. (laughs) And uh, we're off to play Carolina, and they're 0-1 now. And you're going to their home opener Mm -hmm. as the defending NFC champs. And then back home to Seattle. Mm -hmm. So you got some tough sledding ahead. But um, I think all 49ers fans might say, all things being equal, they look better than we thought they would look mm-hmm. they're they're projected to be a 3 and 13 team and they certainly didn't look like that they are on their way so we'll see but that's it for for football rap it'll be now that the show's every two weeks uh we can come back one and two and you can come back two and one so we'll we'll have to see
5: yep, we'll have a couple of weeks to report on that's it all right <clears throat> let's get to why we're here let's do it our topic for today is uh the struggle to move past anger is real Mm -hmm. um i think in our first season we did a couple of shows dealing with feelings we did a a show on feelings specifically or generally right yeah and then we did a show specifically about anger Mm -hmm. okay and this one is a somewhat different take on it um The other show we did on anger was just talking about anger and et cetera, et cetera. This one is now we're going to talk about what the struggle is like and ultimately how can we gain an understanding which can then lead to corrective corrective action, Okay, which is to get us past that roadblock. Uh, We can all agree, I think, that. If we don't get past the anger, we're not going to you're make, not getting too far, we're not going to make any progress.
3: It would be akin to not getting past customs when you're traveling internationally. <laughs> you, you, you can cancel the trip.
5: So, uh, so we will act as the custom agents. There we are of the anger for today. I like
3: bringing in airports and airplanes whenever I can with you. It gets you fired up. By the way, I spent about two hours
5: watching air disasters uh, yesterday. Oh, man. Yeah,
3: those are scary.
5: Anyway, so let's start off with one, one factoid, which is anger is a secondary feeling. Let's repeat that. Anger is a secondary feeling. What do we mean by that? Although, for
4: <laughs> a, start with that. <laughs> a
5: lot of us, okay,
4: the, what you think the, you the anger
5: may be what is expressed first or presumed to be felt first. Yeah. That is not the case. That is a figment of your imagination. Um, something happens prior to experiencing anger, and it could be a, a myriad of
3: Plethora of things, things that occur, mm-hmm.
5: um, hurt, pain, frustration, the big R, rejection. Lot, lots of things can happen depending on what the circumstances, what the incident is, et cetera, et cetera. OK. But anger is never the first feeling, yep. secondary feeling. So one of the challenges is. Getting the addict to slow the roll, slow their roll, and allow themselves to actually experience or identify and experience what has happened prior to the anger. Because we, boom, get right to the anger, and that's what we're all about, that's what we're responding to, that's what we're talking about, and we're not even dealing with the source. And remember that word source because we're going to be using it often. Mm-hmm. So it's important to understand the order. Many things can be in the number one position, but anger can never occupy that position. Anger can be in the number two position, sometimes even the number three position, or depending on what it is, a number four position. You know, some people are, you know, they, they might go through a couple of feelings before they get to the Quote unquote, pissed off stage,
4: Mm -hmm.
5: okay, and experience anger. But it's never the number one. So, what we have to have initially is an acknowledgement of that. So, something happens, and we're just talking about it amongst ourselves, there has to be an acknowledgement, and then More importantly, because people can acknowledge, right? They could say – you can be sitting in a group setting, and people can raise their hand and say, I acknowledge that. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so acknowledgement for me means that you have an intellectual understanding of what's just been stated. Mm -hmm. Okay? And so you can then acknowledge it. But You're
3: saying the difference between acknowledging and agreeing with something. Or acknowledging and owning. Yeah. OK, so it's the
5: owning part that kind of closes the deal for me. And so what is owning? Well, owning has to do so Remember, I said acknowledgement is an intellectual thing. Right. OK, owning is a gut thing. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a feeling thing. OK, so you could say, yeah, you know, yeah, I, I kind of recognize, you know, that I got angry. Mm-hmm. But owning it is when you actually can feel it.
4: Okay. Yep. And
5: uh, so those two have to go together because, you know, many times throughout our daily living experiences, people acknowledge things but don't own them.
3: Well, and that's an interesting, um, it's an interesting phenomena, right, mm-hmm. because to, to any one of us, the second you take the step, if you will, to owning something... There is only one place to look and one place to point the finger from (laughs) from that moment (laughs) forward. And so the the rationalizations (laughs) and the excuses and all that have to stop because you have now taken a stance to say, yeah, no, that's that's me. And and I need to do what I need to do to improve upon that. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) the ball is now squarely in your in your court. Right. So we understand
5: that the owning part of it is a challenge Mm -hmm. but we must get, we must get there as a part of the process. So one of the questions we must ask ourselves is, and again, I say more often than not, just as human nature, why do we choose whether it be consciously or subconsciously to sit in the anger? Okay, why does that happen? For some, it's comfortable. For some, it's familiar. Um, It's all that they know. Um, For some, it's a fantastic defense mechanism. Mm -hmm. Because if I can, you know, it's like those... Keep you at a distance. Yes, yeah, like those small animals in, in you know, in the uh, Serengeti <laughs> that puff up to make themselves That's look bigger right. to, you know, keep the other animals, you know, the the predator animals away from them. <clears throat> so the the anger can be used as a defense, as a wall, um, as a shield, not to let people in, etc. So we choose to sit in that versus sitting in the source. Mm -hmm. And again, whatever that source may be, maybe hurt, pain, frustration, um, loneliness, um, rejection, many different feelings that then could cause someone to become angry or to experience anger so they sit in the anger but the source is then left right unconfronted unchallenged
3: and unspoken about right and you know when you let when you contacted me yesterday to let me know you know that the show had been posted and I went ahead and I'm going to go look at the topic I did some thinking about it and Now, this obviously is not applicable to everybody, but one thing that I think is big about anger and why individuals choose that to be the emotion expressed or that they go straight to that in addition to the list that you just gave about maybe it's more comfortable or it's familiar or Mm -hmm. whatever the case may be. I also believe that anger is, is the chosen emotion to accept because the coping or dealing with it can be easier for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. When I'm angry, I can break something. Mm-hmm. I can cuss somebody out. Mm-hmm. I can... Whatever. I, there are many outlets that I feel like mm-hmm. anger lends to kind of easily. I'm going to get into a fight with this individual mm-hmm. or what, whatever the case may be. These are all really kind of easy avenues, brainless yeah. kind of avenues to cope with this anger to get it to subside. Mm-hmm. But boy, if I'm going to acknowledge that I feel sad mm-hmm. or hurt, mm-hmm. I, what is breaking something is not going to do anything for me getting in a fight with someone. it's not what I feel like doing if mm-hmm. I'm hurt or if I'm sad mm-hmm. and okay. So this is what I'm going to choose to acknowledge. I'm feeling how to then cope Oh man, for men specifically. Mm-hmm. Glad oh, you mentioned that. Yeah, so, uh, okay, well, so what do, what do so, I cry a little bit? What so, do I? <laughs> no, it, I reach out and
5: talk to somebody. stuff that's difficult. That's a fantastic uh, angels advocate position. Mm-hmm. Um, t- because you're leading me right into my points. The the segue. Right. Um, let's first say that in order to meet the challenge of dealing with the source versus the anger requires gut level honesty.
4: Mm
5: -hmm. Okay. And also we said that it also requires that we kind of slow ourselves down a little bit. Okay. Mm -hmm. To be aware is to be alive. How am I feeling? What's going on with me? Why am I feeling this way? What's going on? So we're, we're self analyzing ourselves in the moment. As we're experiencing We're not doing this out loud We're not talking to ourselves in the supermarket out loud This is going on Internally Now To your point There are many more avenues To dissipate the energy The anger energy Right mm-hmm. Than there are to dissipate The energy from the other feelings That are the source That's a good way to put it You dissipating
3: that yeah yeah, yes. yeah ridding yourself of yes, that right, yeah many more avenues
5: you can get extremely creative with the avenues to dissipate anger point 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 case in point, you know you know a lot of us crazy sports fans and and you know and <laughs> we're so heavily invested <laughs> in our
4: teams and that
5: is the anger. You yeah, know, exactly. and 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 they, and they lose and they might lose on some crazy stupid play, and you know. You're disappointed, you're frustrated, mm-hmm. you're angry, okay? Well, what, what do you do with that? Well, you mature, that's what happens.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, you're, you have a wife and you're telling you, you, you it's you, only a you, game, you, it's you, not that deep. You grow up, that's what happens. No, okay. <laughs> um, so
5: what are the avenues available to deal with the source feelings? Since there are so many avenues available to deal with the anger. Well, there aren't that many avenues. That's why it requires some growth.
4: Mm -hmm.
5: Okay, That's why it requires some focus, some intent, purposeful intent. I want to – I purposely want to get a handle on this and stop being controlled by my anger, stop having my anger dictate how I behave. I don't want that anymore. So how am I going to stop doing that? Well, I somehow have to stop responding to the anger and respond to the source feeling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if the source feeling, let's say, for example, is hurt, then responding to the hurt means speaking to it. Right. Okay. Speaking to it and how that manifests itself in you energy-wise, visual as a snowflake. Because it could be based on what the particular issue is, what the circumstance, what the incident is. No one can predict in advance. It could be something as hurtful and painful that causes you to weep, mm-hmm. which dissipates the energy of that hurt and, and that sadness and, and that pain. It could be something that doesn't cause you to weep, but it's still hurtful, painful, sad, disappointing, etc. And just being able to talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Helps dissipate that that energy. Right. So because everyone is different, everyone's unique and the circumstances are infinite, we can't say how a person may respond when they're dealing with the source. What we can say is that If you're committed to not being ruled by that anger, however, the dissipation of that energy manifests itself as long as you allow your body to let it happen. So we used to have a saying back in the day in Daytop. We used to have a saying. Okay. Let's hear it. And it was called, feel what you feel when you feel it. Feel what you feel when you feel it. All right. Don't stuff it. Okay? Feel what you feel when you feel it. However, the one caveat is that we didn't want to experience your anger. That's too easy. It's too easy, the anger. So the anger was excluded from the feel what you feel when you feel it. We specifically were saying we're talking about the source feelings. Yeah. And everybody can express anger.
3: Yeah, that's easy. Everybody
5: can do that. That's easy. But can everyone talk about what's hurting them, what's causing them pain, what's making them feel lonely, what's making them feel sad, why they're disappointed, what's causing frustration, why they feel rejected, why they feel abandonment? All of these different source feelings. Those are tough. Those are tough. But there has to be a commitment made to doing that. And then you have to be willing to – here's the big V word – Uh oh. The big V. The big V. You got to be willing. And you mentioned, uh, you know, we used to back in the day focus more of this on the men when we talked about the anger. Now, now it's equal opportunity.
3: That's right.
5: Equal opportunity. And I raised two girls. Trust me, it's equal opportunity. Okay. (laughs) That's right. But you know, back in the day, we focused more on the men with the anger issue, and they were a women's group, you know, gender group for the females. And interestingly enough, I never knew what, what happened in there. So it's like a mystery, you know, it's, it's closed off to the world. One of these days, I'm going to have to find out what y'all talk about in there. Anyway, the, the men, we focused on the men. And the, the big V word was going to be the make or break.
3: Hmm.
5: And I'm talking about vulnerable.
3: vulnerability,
5: being vulnerable, feeling vulnerable. And believe it or not, guys experience this more than they think. Guys experience being vulnerable more than they think. They just don't identify it as such. Oh, oh, yeah. There's many times in your in your in your, you know, either daily living or weekly living or monthly living where you have put yourself in a vulnerable position, left yourself open in terms of some of our feelings. Mm
4: -hmm. okay, Mm -hmm.
5: And, uh, you know, and survived and survived. okay. Now, how you may have dealt with it, you know, is another story. But we can point out some of those examples of how you actually do make yourself vulnerable.
3: Yeah. No. And you know what? The funny thing is. Um, kind of ties into your sports analogy about just kind of growing up and getting more mature.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: When you can get to the level of emotional maturity, we'll call it emotional maturity or emotional growth. Right. Um, it's incredible when you reach that stage, and we're talking about maybe the men here in spe- in specific, where because you said sometimes it can be hard for guys to even acknowledge or realize when they might've been vulnerable, but just how vulnerable you are mm-hmm. or, or you've been in situations or you will be in certain situations because of whatever the case may be, the societal pressure or the way you're raised or whatever the case may be to where you block those things out or don't allow yourself to believe that you are that when you hit that level of emotional maturity, where you can acknowledge and own these things you can kind of look back in time and wow, you know, I, I I have been in the past, but I just never allowed myself to realize that's what was going on. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, you, you were maybe a lot more vulnerable or in a lot less control than you thought you were in many situations. Mm
5: -hmm. I think the biggest area where this impacts, um, males and females, um, relationships. is in their in, inter and intra personal relationships. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and if it doesn't get uh, addressed where there is, and you come to an understanding of, of, of what this process is.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: And, and then ultimately you have to decide whether you're going to now put, put the game plan in place and use it. You can understand <laughs> it and know it, whether you use it or not is a different story, mm-hmm. but <clears throat> you will never experience a truly fulfilling relationship unless you can allow yourself to be vulnerable. Okay, so... And now I'm going to go down the tree a little bit on here, so stay with me, okay? So allowing yourself to be vulnerable means that you then... You've opened yourself up, right?
3: Yeah. To...
5: Being hurt, disrespected, disappointed, rejected, okay, et cetera, et cetera. Um, It requires you to trust, okay,
4: Mm
5: -hmm. Um, have some faith, okay, take a risk. We have on our walls about no free lunch. All these things I'm naming are like your tickets that you have to pay with in order to get that ultimate goal, right? So um trust is like a ticket. What's another example of a ticket? What did I just I just named them? Trust. Taking a risk. Yeah. That's a ticket, right? Yeah. Um so you have all of these things that you can use as tickets so you're not getting because it's no free lunch, I gotta pay somehow. So what am I paying with? I'm paying with by basically opening up my my heart, opening up right. my gut, exposing it, being vulnerable. Okay? And how am I able to do that? Well, I have I don't have that wall of anger up, that tsunami of anger up. <laughs> Okay, mm-hmm. that's keeping, you know, nobody can get in there. You know, people, you know, ducking and diving and trying to, you know, get around the wall and, you know, and, and, the, and the defense missiles that are coming out, you know, keeping people away. And when someone has to work that, what happens when someone has to work that hard to get around that anger and get around those missiles? Well, if it's your family, your loved one, even uh, the romantic loved one. They may keep trying, keep trying, keep pushing, keep trying, keep trying. But others may say, forget it. Yeah. You know, they may give up, and they may not know. Okay, but that's just human nature. You may not understand why. You know, how come I can't get in there? <clears throat> so, it takes us all the way back. Remember what I said about acknowledgement. That's intellectual. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. but when you own it, when you own it. And you, and you could say, yeah, I've been responding to anger instead of hurt, instead of pain, instead of sadness, loneliness, rejection, fear, etc., etc. Right. I own that. And then you take the next step, since I own it, now I'm going to do something different. I'm going to try something different. I'm going to put myself in a vulnerable position. And in the treatment context, we ask clients to do that by sharing right sharing their you know their life experiences, things they've experienced in their life
3: that's right good, bad, and even ugly, opening up in group, opening exactly. up with your peers exactly you know on a one on one or right. whatever the case may be,
5: with the premise that whatever it is you may have experienced, good, bad, or ugly that in the treatment environment, you're not going to be hurt any more than you were when it actually occurred.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: You know, so if something happened to you ten years ago, well, you're not going to feel that any more, any worse.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: Okay, as a matter of fact, by opening up about it, sharing about it, and it sounds so simple. You know, when we just so casually say, "You need to talk about it. You need to talk about it. You need to talk about it." And it's so, we say it so matter-of-factly, it sounds so simple, and there's another old saying when we talk about it being simple. Because when it gets down to the nitty-gritty, when it gets down to the core, right, it, it is about just talking about it it's and sharing it, about yeah. it. And we say, man, it's so simple, it's hard. It's so simple, it's hard. How do I get this thing down? It's simple. It's real simple. It's not rocket science,
3: Mm -hmm. but
5: it's hard.
3: Yeah, and I think a part of the challenge or a part of what makes it difficult in its simplicity is, again, this all comes full circle and loops to the point you made about owning it because, okay, the next step is just to to do it, to take action. And we look to complicate that because, Uh, In my opinion, as a part of or a way to avoid that next step, because now it's time to do work. Now it's time to now it's time to get into it and and not intellectually.
5: Right. No, from the gut. Right. Don't lose your train of thought. I wanted to just add the the thing that goes along with the owning is also being able to. So when you own it, you then sit with it. Mm -hmm. okay? and by sit with it, we do not mean wallow. We do not mean signing a long-term lease on it, okay? <laughs> right. but that you sit in it so that you can feel it and experience it and then take the next step.
3: Right, and, and, I, and I believe we're good at complicating things. A lot of people are, especially when the solution is right there, but the solution is maybe what's driving a little bit of fear mm-hmm. or anxiety or trepidation, and so I, I will do what I can – it's almost kind of like a self-defense mechanism to lead myself to believe, Oh man, this is, this is really, really hard. How do I do this? Where, what do I do to start? How do I, who do I go to? And Oh man, there's no more a million questions to answer. Like you've owned it. You sat in it. It's time to start dealing. It's time to start coping with it and being, being real and being honest. It's
5: a lonely world.
3: And that is, that is tough and i think that's what makes it hard is the answer is is so simple that it's the answer that some people don't want to come to terms with oh now it's time to now it's time to really you know the ugly as you spoke about for it's time to get into it
5: it's often thought that the answer the solution is complex or well, no the 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 answer or solution is not complex; it's simple, but actuating it mm-hmm. is what's difficult, mm-hmm. is what's hard. And so, counselors, therapists, etc., spend time trying to get people doing what—to actuate. Yeah. And because we don't have a lot of time, you know, we sometimes want to we, we we push. We want to push. The, for the actuation to happen, right um we also want to see that there's an intellectual understanding and 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 once we know that you know they 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 got the intellectual understanding, okay now it's about putting it into action,
4: mm-hmm. and so we
5: want to see steps we want to see that you know um proof of those things happening so <clears throat> It requires gut-level honesty, like we said. When we own it, we sit in it. So when I am sitting in a group and I'm, and I'm being gut-level honest and I'm saying I'm hurt. I'm deeply hurt by A, B, and C that, that, that occurred in my life. Or I feel lonely or, you know, I I feel deeply rejected or deeply abandoned, whatever it is. You don't speak to it and then boom, you're off to another subject. (laughs) Right, yeah. It's speaking to it and then sitting with it just for the moment and experiencing what it feels like to actually be because we kind of used medications to avoid sitting in that to avoid feeling <laughs> sitting in that feeling right exactly right don't want to feel that no i don't want to feel that either right so we have to get used to first we have to believe that you're not going to die <laughs> <From> the, <laughs> yeah, from, first
3: and foremost,
5: from the feelings,
4: mm-hmm. from
5: feeling them, and we have to take that first dip, tip, dip of the toe in the Southern California waters. Not, not up here because it's too ice cold. I won't even put my foot in the water up here. But down oh, south. yeah, it's freezing. <clears> sure. So we put a toe in the water, and we sit. And and experience what it feels like. And then while you're experiencing what it feels like when you're saying, you know what, you know, I I feel so lonely or I feel so rejected. You then talk about that. Mm -hmm. Or so abandoned. You talk about that. And sometimes, and I've heard people say, say, well, how's talking about it going to do anything? It just sounds too simple i mean come on now right and i always say well i'll let you finish
3: but i have a point to that okay too. I,
5: I i just so i put my head down i always say if you would only just trust trust me on this one
3: and that's it mm-hmm. the trust the blind faith mm-hmm. maybe some of our elite eight are mixed in there somewhere <laughs> but the idea that you have to trust the individual that's telling you that this is going to be for your best interest. And that trust is going to have to be carried out over a period of time. Because what I hear clients state time and time again, and this is a struggle for them Mm -hmm. is I have talked about it. Mm -hmm. I did talk about it in group and you know what? That night I didn't feel any better. In fact, I felt worse and I thought maybe it's just the night and I got to write it out. And you know what? I woke up the next morning and I still didn't feel better. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of the, like, a key to a lot of things in life and experiences in general where there's no kind of instant gratification. Mm -hmm. You kind of have to believe someone who's walked that road or done it and telling you, you know what, it's not going to get better overnight. The second you decide, you know what, I am going to talk about this, you're not going to leave that group being repaired and whole. It is a process. It takes time. And there are a million uh, cliches you could pull from. I got it some worse, lined up. Right, exactly. Where it gets worse, but you know, it gets worse before it gets better, and all this kind of stuff. But this is the truth. Where yeah, you know what? You're now feeling something you never allowed yourself to feel. They're not necessarily pleasant feelings mm. or things that you want to have to feel. But in allowing yourself to feel them sitting with them, mm-hmm. being with them in the moment, talking about them. You have to just believe or trust that in time, as your body heals and navigates that process, because you're dealing with real stuff mm-hmm. stuff that stuff that you've been through that eventually, yeah, there's going to be a light at the end of the tunnel, mm-hmm. the sun, the clouds are going to break and the sun will come out again. And now you've genuinely dealt with something. you genuinely coped with something that you can now live with, move forward from, but you can't expect it to be, you know, where you're entering something into a calculator and you hit enter and there's the answer and you move forward, you move on, it, it takes time. And that's where the trust piece that you spoke to, that's why I'm so happy you said that because this was the point I was going to make, you got to trust mm-hmm. because you're not going to feel it the second you decide to do something about? It.
5: The healing is not uh the heroin shot.
3: Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's what yeah, the so, drugs, right? It's not the instant gratification. Right.
5: And also <clears throat> two things. You don't get to spend five, ten, fifteen, twenty years self medicating, okay? And not dealing with your feelings. And think that in one night, you're going to experience this uh, evolutionary process Mm -hmm. that for 10 years, you've shut yourself off from. Right. Okay. And the second thing is, there's also the part about people not actually knowing about articulating their feelings. Mm -hmm. What are they called? What do they mean? You know what I'm saying? Just the actual words. Yep. Okay. So before we can even get someone to the point of feeling what they're feeling, is teaching them what are the feelings. Okay. What are they called? And then you could start the process of possibly making a connection, an identification. Okay. Okay. You know, what is loneliness? What is abandonment? What is this? What is that? And as you start to learn them, name them, you start to identify and make connections. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt or how I feel or et cetera with this particular situation. Mm -hmm. So you use the beautiful example of the guy who shared or gal who shared in group. On a beautiful Wednesday afternoon, (laughs) went to their room at night or went home, where have you. And so once you share, when you really share, right, you experience the big V. There it is. Okay. You're now vulnerable. You're open. Okay. You've, 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 uh, you know, a, a piece of you is now out to the universe. And by the way, don't forget that. You have to remind me about what I just said. About a piece of you being out to the universe, mm-hmm. because that's part of the, uh, the key to all of this.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay.
5: This part of this, one of the uh, ancient secrets
3: okay? Okay. that we're all right.
5: today. Okay? I like them. I like them. So you've shared, you're vulnerable now. And often what happens, and this is human nature, after you've shared, and now you're vulnerable. You're trying to look for some way to close it back up. You know, close down. You want to make sure the wall is back, the bu- <laughs> triple lock bolted, right, yep. the whole nine yards. Yep. I don't want to stay vulnerable. And so you go back to the room. You're getting ready. It's off the floor. You know, you still, you know, you're, you're still feeling the stuff you have just talked about. You wake up the next morning and you still don't, you, you know, you still don't feel it Well, as you said that's when you have to continue Mm
3: -hmm.
5: that talking and sharing as you're going through those feelings that are coming up. That's right. Because all you did was just open the tap. Yeah. Okay. You just open the tap. And the key is, do you shut that tap down or do you, okay, stuff is, I'm starting to feel stuff now. (laughs) Okay. It's, It's coming on now. And do you keep that tap open or do you shut it down? And way too often people shut it down instead of keeping it open. And I keep saying, you're not going to die. You're not going to die. You're not going to die. It may not feel good. It may feel uncomfortable. You may not like the way it feels because you've been self-medicating and you're not used to feeling like this. Or, or you may have preconceived notions on on what it's, who you are, if you do feel this way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. If I admit to being hurt, does that make me weak? Mm -hmm. If I admit to feeling pain, does that make me weak? If I admit to feeling lonely, does that make me weak? Weak in the sense of some portions of society definition. Right. So we now have to deal with that. Or the person has to deal with that because we can't project and say that that's what it is. They have to come forth and say, well, you know what? I'm kind of like, you know, when, I'm not really into, you know, hurt and pain <laughs> mm-hmm. and, you know, and talking about stuff like that. And will they be, remember we said gut level honesty. Right. Why not? Why won't you go there? What's stopping you from going there? Well, when I, you know, when I start talking about, you know, feeling lonely or feeling hurt and and, and being in pain and what have you, you know, it, it makes me feel like I'm 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 weak, you know, or you know, I'm or or I appear to be weak to others. Yeah.
3: Which is usually you know, and and I won't throw a blanket over everybody, you, but you can. There's enough <laughs> historical evidence, right? But more often than not that is the piece. Not how I feel myself, mm-hmm. how others will perceive me to be, mm-hmm. and like you said, it could be a societal thing or a com- it's a community thing. Um,
5: In the treatment environment, though, it's al- it has always been the opposite of what they thought, what they feared.
3: Right, right. Be- and, mm-hmm. uh, and I've actually, it's incredible, I've seen this dynamic play through over the course of a couple of groups or a week or something where a- an individual... May have decided to take a risk, Mm -hmm. take a step, Mm -hmm. be vulnerable, Mm -hmm. share whatever it was they were going to share, Mm -hmm. have all those fears, which it's okay to have those fears. We can't tell you that those fears are irrational because they're your fears Mm -hmm. and it is what it is to have, like you said, the exact opposite reaction that the fear was putting out. Mm -hmm. People are going to think I'm weak. They're going to perceive me to be a certain way and actually seeing clients maybe in, uh, at the end of the evening or go and get back to an individual one-on-one, and not only to share that they were not perceived as weak, but admired the strength exactly. and the courage, courage it took to be able to put yourself in that position and to do that and say, man, that has inspired me to be able to do that myself which is the beauty of the TC because that, that's how it is that's or how, how it works
5: or how many secretly say, man, I wish I had the courage that to do that. Right. I wish I had the courage to do what I just saw. Right. And maybe next week or tomorrow or right next month, <laughs>
3: I'll, 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 I'll dive I'll, on I'll, into the deep end. I'll put
5: my toe in the water mm-hmm. and see, see, and get to experience what that's like. Exactly. The ultimate goal, in getting past this anger, right? Is we do, we don't want the anger to control us anymore. Right. Right? We don't want it to dictate what we do. Right. Dictate our behavior. That does not mean that you will not get angry. So I'm known for whenever I'm just walking about and I hear someone say, I have an anger problem. And I, Always questions. Of, what do you mean you have an anger problem? Well, yeah, you know I got you know I get angry a lot, so you know I got a, I got an anger problem. I said, well, no, you don't. Said, anger is a normal human emotion. If you didn't get angry, then I would say you have a problem because I'd be like, well, what's? How come you don't get angry? Everybody gets angry.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Okay.
5: So you don't have an anger problem? Is it that you have a problem with how you act when you get angry?
3: Yeah, a coping
5: problem. Okay. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's what it is. That's right. So stop telling yourself, okay, that I have an anger problem because anger is normal. It's a normal human emotion.
3: Yeah, that's you, like saying
5: you got a love problem.
3: You hear you hear <sighs> this this phrase in the environment, TC environment specifically, all the time. Oh, you know, what are your issues? I got woman issues and anger issues. Yeah, I got, or I yeah. got man issues and anger issues. Anger issues. Yeah, just like you said all the time. And the issue is not with the idea that you get angry, like you just pointed out. Everybody gets angry. It is the methods with which you chose to deal with said anger that is the problem. If you get angry and you punch me in the eye, <laughs> your anger is not
5: what punched me in the eye. Yeah, right? Um, so... What we want to get to, obviously, is so that the anger no longer controls us, no longer dictates what we do, what we say. We say a lot of things when we're angry that we hope we can, you know, we have to take back. Um, You know what they say about words sometimes, especially in relationships, right? Oh, yeah. Um, So... If we want to get to a place where the anger is experienced but is not the controlling feeling mm-hmm. then we gotta we gotta make a commitment to be gut level honest with ourselves and respond to the source feeling, the mm-hmm. first feeling, whatever it may be, because now that we intellectually know, okay. Anger is never the first feeling that even though that's the one I've, I've always responded to, that's what everyone has always seen and felt and experienced. I now know that anger is not the first feeling that I experience. Something else happens. It may be a split second and I may just ignore it it's so fast. I don't even realize it. So what did we say when we first started this conversation? You got to slow down the roll That's a right bit. Pump the brakes Pump the brakes And take the time To try and experience Okay What's going on What am I feeling I already know that I'm angry But what is it that's Contributing to this mm-hmm. Did someone just hurt my feelings Am I in some sort of pain over something Am I sad Am I disappointed Am I frustrated I just get rejected what has just occurred. And whatever that is, that's what we deal with. That's what gets the power. Yeah. Okay. Because whatever that is, and, and we can name a lot of those things, which we have done, none of those things are going to hurt in another person. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, it's going to have the opposite effect. How many times, think about this, folks, now, in your intra personal relationships, mm-hmm. Where you might be in the middle of a heated disagreement, um, and of course, on the losing side, you're losing the argument, but you're giving a valiant effort. <laughs> <laughs> Not backing down easy. Not backing down. And, But the only thing that's coming forth that's being seen, felt, and heard, seen, felt, and heard, is anger. Okay. Versus, what? Well, how would the conversation go? How would the experience be if the anger was acknowledged? You can acknowledge to yourself, you know, that you feel angry, but that the words coming out of your mouth, what's seen, felt, and heard, are the source feelings.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: You know what you just said hurt my feelings. You know, I feel rejected by what you just did. Now, it,
4: mm-hmm.
5: it takes years. I don't want to give anyone the wrong impression. <laughs> to
4: get and, that. I, and
5: when I say years, I don't mean like Star Trek years. You know, it's not that long. Okay. It takes time to A, practice that. Build the discipline for that to then execute that in the heat the emotional heat and energy mm-hmm. of an argument where you can say that and if you want to what's that expression we, we say sometimes when, when, when the energy gets sucked out of a room yeah right? the life gets sucked right. out of the room yeah. so if you want to experience negative energy getting sucked out of a room so fast You come back with a response like, I was just hurt and rejected by what you said. (laughs) Excuse me, yes. You will never Mm. experience the the negative energy getting sucked out of a room so quickly. Oh,
3: you dictate responses. You really do. Um,
5: What can someone say to that? There there can be no angry retort to that. You know, or let me not say that because... (laughs) <laughs> oh, no, sure, no.
3: I have seen firsthand, and we have discussed Encounter Group on this show, um, and Encounter Group is, I remember specifically speaking about it um, when we were touching on the subject in the show, because it is found in, in every TC in some form or fashion, but also studied in the field of psychology. Mm-hmm. It's written in college texts, um, in psychology books, but I have, I have witnessed myself in, in running encounter groups, being the staff facilitating an encounter group, four or five people geared up, ready to just... Locked and loaded. Oh, man, we are going to light this person up like a Christmas tree and uh, who has feelings and the first person to go and just totally obliterating the individual... The other four on the edge of their seat ready
5: got locked and loaded. Ready
3: for the fight because oh, this individual never owns anything and this and we're gonna boom. And after the first encounter you know what? You're totally right. I had an off week. I was hurt by some stuff that was going what and this is the response and you you wanna talk about energy sucked <laughs> out of a room. The other four just back in their chairs. <laughs> I don't even need to address my flip <laughs> anymore. And, oh, yeah, because you meet anger with anger. You bring the fight back. That's it. Yeah. That's what it's going to be. Right. But you, like you said, acknowledge what it is behind that and put that on the table. That's it. D- situation gone.
5: That's your royal flush, by the way.
3: <laughs> yeah.
5: In an argument, um, in a disagreement is, <clears throat> and again, we're talking about it in an intra- Personal and interpersonal relationships uh, with family, friends, and loved ones is uh, speaking to you know your your feelings, your source feelings, rather than letting the anger be drive the conversation. Drive the conversation. Mm -hmm. So the struggle to move past anger is real. It's real. It's hard. But if you're going to make any inroads to dealing with your own personal issues, yep. okay, that you have anger about, or and if you're going to make any inroads into improving your skills in your intra and interpersonal relationships,
4: mm-hmm.
5: you got to learn how to um, deal with, you know, speak to those source feelings. That's right,
3: so I think that's it. We're past the top of the hour. yeah, it was well said. I'm, I was definitely not going to interject there because it's an important topic, it's a huge topic uh, for for everybody, and we'll touch on it again because it's Absolutely.
5: Uh, um, it's, it's enough of a, a an issue. Just like how, you know, we talk about forgiveness. Right. We've done that show two times. We're going to do it again. That's right. Um, It's enough of an issue for people, you know, in the recovery process that it can impact their success in their recovery process. Mm -hmm. And so we'll continue to bring it up, speak to it, and uh, try and provide some insight and some um, methods to – you know, move forward on it. But like I said, when we're, we're not reinventing the wheel, we're not reading out of, uh, you know, rocket science tech textbooks here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about intellectually simple things, but having the courage to actuate them. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's where the, uh, the difficulty is when, you know, when you're when you're dealing, when you talk about people's feelings, you know, you could be the biggest, baddest, you know, person on the block. All right. But uh your feelings, you know, rule rule you, scare you, you know, and, and just control you.
3: Mhm.
5: And the only people in the world the only people in the world who are allowed to be controlled by their feelings are infants. I'll close with that.
3: Beautiful. Beautiful, well said Great topic, great show Uh, We are going to drop a little music break On you all and get to the recovery support time after We do have some people on hold Who would like to participate in the recovery support segment time We hope you enjoyed the show To this point, we thank you for being patient with us One second Yes sir Um,
5: What's our music break song? We've got King of Rock Oh yeah Coming up Right, so this is just a shout out To Uh our 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 folks who like some traditional hard rock okay. and some old school. And when I say old school, I don't mean 90s. Okay, People think old school is the 90s. No. Like my daughters think when they say old school, oh, that's the 90s. We're no. talking
3: about Led Zeppelin old this is, school. Okay,
5: this is a little bit of hard rock mixed with some old school hip hop circa 1983.
3: Go ahead. All right. Beautiful. We're going to drop that on you. No better way to end the topic of anger and speaking of anger and maturity. How about we're going to this drop that? Yeah! 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 <laughs> I'm the king of rock, the
0: end none higher. Sucker MC should call me sire. To burn my kingdom, you must use fire. I won't stop rock until I retire. No, it But give us respect with both.
2: up next is ocg radio's recovery support time where our hosts provide support and guidance for your recovery related questions and issues recovery support time where it's our time to help you
5: Welcome back to on Recovery Recovery Support Time. Um, I have to say, uh, Mr. Producer was uh, that was a low blow. <laughs> Sneaking in, how about them cowboys before we went to there. music break?
3: Snuck it in there. Had to do it. Hope you
5: guys enjoy a little bit of Run DMC, circa summer of 1983.
3: Had to. The Run DMC classic, timeless. Um, and, and I hate the fact that when they
5: mention, uh, you know, all time rappers, that all you hear about is Jay Z. And I'm not hating on them; I'm just saying Jay Z,
6: Biggie,
5: Tupac. And I'm like, wait a second, are you guys the original?
4: <laughs> are you guys are you guys
5: not going back to '82, <laughs> 5 and six, and seven? You know, all the way through, all the way up until 1990. You know, before they started, you know, calling people bees and, 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 and hoes and all, all that right. stuff. Right?
3: Yeah, right, exactly. You know what I mean? before or before, rap got nasty. Or before
5: gangster rap came on the scene. Uh-huh.
3: You know what I mean? So
5: it's like they don't get any mention. I'm like, wow, that's unbelievable. All right, let's hit some X Files. <laughs> I would drop some Eric B. and Rakim, but they weren't as mainstream.
3: Oh, as, yeah, but as Eric B. and Rakim were as,
5: good. As Run so the New wanna, York,
3: man, the New York that's connection. That's definitely
5: East Coast uh, stuff, but I have to keep that in my archives. <laughs> that's right. Um, <clears throat> Linda from Santa Fe. How do I expect or get people to respect me if I don't know how to respect myself? And you will not get people to respect you if you don't respect yourself or know how to respect yourself. So if you don't know how to respect yourself, then I guess that's the first order of business. And that's kind of a question that's kind of hard to answer without speaking to the person because you don't know what's the root of their lack of self-respect. Um, is it caused by something that they've done something that they have experienced being done to them? So without knowing that you're not sure which, you know, which way to go. But so just to speak generally, you cannot reach, you can't get to where people are going to respect you without you first respecting yourself. And however that has to happen, generally speaking. That's the order it has to happen. I respect me, and because I respect myself, that means I will demand, require, and through my actions and the way I go about, my, go about myself, you will respect me. If I do the opposite of that and my actions show that I don't respect myself, then others are going to treat me the same way, which is without respect. That's the best way I can answer that one. Well said. Uh... Lawrence from Salinas is it possible to stay in a relationship with someone I used with now that we are both sober so what we don't know is if, when you use the word my hands are in quotes, relationship if that means romantic or otherwise mm-hmm. so would we like to presume
3: uh yeah I would I would feel safe in presuming romantic romantic yes okay <clears throat> It depends.
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs> yes,
5: um, it it really depends on what was the extent of the you know how how did it manifest itself? Were you were you guys together and and before each, either one of you started using and then grew into addicts together? Right. Okay. And, and why does that make a difference? Well, to me, if you grow into addiction together okay and but there was an established
3: uh yeah period of, period time, of time without, without using, that okay yeah.
5: you have a frame of reference that you can go back to yeah okay but that may be good that may be bad i don't know
4: okay mm-hmm.
5: but because there's a frame of reference of when there was not co-addiction it's made just made a word up it's a good <laughs> word we're going to start <laughs> using that that's,
3: that's um, perfect
5: i would I would say i would I would err on the side of love and say, "'Okay, give it a shot because you have a history of where you weren't addicts and you mm-hmm. and you kind of just grew into being addicts together, and now you've grown out of your addiction together mm-hmm. give it a shot if if it you know if you guys just met each other on the street and you met as addicts and came together as addicts um that to me really depends on I would have to eyeball you. It's hard to answer. Yeah. I really have to yeah. eyeball
3: you on
5: that one. But
3: it's so, true. And Cause see, that one's
5: really about your commitment.
3: Right. And yeah, exactly. Your, your personal commitment. To yeah. Yourself. Right. Hard to say. Yeah. Cause it's going to be different for different yeah. people. Um, how seriously, like you said, how seriously you are taking that commitment to yourself and how committed, how dedicated you are, how, how important that is to right. you. What you can't gather out of a question on a page, mm-hmm. a conversation would need to be had. Yeah. Um, but I do believe there's something to be said about the relationship having existed prior to mm-hmm. the addiction, as opposed to meeting somebody in your addiction because they are in that ring of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there is something to be said about okay. that.
5: No guarantees. All right. Let's uh, we'll take a call in the middle of our X-Files. Let's go to George from East Palo Alto. George, welcome to the show.
7: Thank you. Um... My question was, um, why is obtaining a sponsor so important in recovery?
5: What did you say? Obtaining a sponsor?
7: Yeah.
5: Um, it's always good to have someone that's going to support you in your recovery. And in certain circles, they're called sponsors, and other circles are just called people who are in your support circle. Uh, Mm -hmm. part of your support team, part of your support, you know, family. Um, So regardless of what we call them, it's important to have support.
7: Yeah. Another thing, you guys were speaking about um, vulnerability, Mm -hmm. um, anger, Mm -hmm. and sitting in in your feelings. And Mm -hmm. that's what I'm dealing with right now because, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm not self-medicating no more. Mm-hmm. And um, I ain't felt certain feelings other than anger for so long Because I couldn't, you know, uh, basically identify them for what they were Right So it's been it's been a hard process And I just wanted to, you know, really just bring that up Because, I, you know, I called probably on, a, on the right day Because mm-hmm. I've been going through some things But, you know, um, I'm happy that I'm, I'm actually able to, you know, feel sad And, you know, not always, you know, act out in anger and stuff like that, man So I appreciate the subjects you guys have spoke on
5: is, 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 I, and I appreciate you speaking to that. It's very important that, yes, once you stop using and all these feelings are going to, you know, attack you, and I don't mean yes. attack in a negative sense. They're just going to, you know, just you haven't felt in a while all the feelings that a human being would normally feel. So they're all going to come rushing in and you got to have the discipline understand what's actually happening You did speak to it You understand it that I haven't felt this in a while I've been self-medicating So they're all coming back And you gotta just take your time To sift sift through Identify what they are What they may be connected to Tied to in terms of experiences Incidents or what have you And then speak to them
7: Yeah What's one of the best the ways key. To deal with like, uh, like um, Abandonment issues
5: there's no well there's a couple of ways <clears throat> if if the person who is a part of the issue so let's say if uh, let's let's say you were abandoned by a parent yeah okay and the parent is still alive okay then they can be a part of the healing process if the parent is no longer alive then it reverts right back to who it, who the issue belongs to anyway, yeah. which is you.
4: Hmm.
5: Okay, and it's and it's being able – so what I mean is that it I mean it's be wonderful because what you would do if the person was alive is being able to speak to them about your experience.
7: Yeah, my father's no, dead, so we, and that's, that's yeah.
5: Okay, so the person is not available. So what you have to do is you still have to speak to your experience. Speak to how you felt about being abandoned. Okay. It matters not that the person who did the abandoning is no longer alive. What matters is how you felt, what you experienced, and being able to share that, be vulnerable about that. Okay. Talk about all the feelings that it brings up in you sadness, disappointment, rejection, etc. Rather than maybe the one feeling that you've been paying the most attention to, which was our subject matter today anger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Follow what I'm saying? Yes, I am. And you feel what you feel. And then in time, you'll be able to move past it, meaning it will no longer control and dictate what you do. This this issue that of abandonment will no longer control my life. It's something that occurred, something that I experienced, something that I felt, but it's not going to rule me and, and control me.
7: Yeah. And one more thing I heard you guys Also speak on um, A person uh, After they shared And they felt Kind of like Worse than, than They felt Before they shared Yeah It's like One thing And you said Something about trust That's that's what it is Trust um, It's like After I open up About some things You know Because I'm trying To trust in the process sort So to speak You know And trust mm-hmm. another person But then When I go back And uh, think about it It's like Dang You know Because it brings them feelings up So I'm just like Man is this process working? Because I really don't want to feel that way about certain situations. I'm trying. I'm trying to let go and move on.
5: So one of the things that the uh, co-host said was about um, it's not an overnight process. But he didn't remind me, so I have to call him on about when I talked about the universe.
3: Putting a piece out of yourself into yeah. the universe. When
5: when when you share something about yourself about your experience about your life okay and you you're putting it out to the universe the whole purpose once you put it out there it's no longer yours hmm it does not belong to you anymore and the reason that is, and the reason we say that is so that you can understand that once you put it out there, it's not your burden anymore for you to try and grab it back and say, no, I don't want that out there.
4: I don't want you to know that.
5: No. You put it out there and you let it go. And okay. the, the universe, and I say universe, I mean the world, people, whomever, can do with it what they may, what they want, because it's not going to affect you oh, anymore. Fine. The only person that it affects when you're holding it within is who?
7: Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so I don't take too much of you guys' time. I really do appreciate the answers I got, and um, I think this is a real good show, and uh, I'll be calling back soon. All right. Thank you.
5: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's what I was going to say about uh, – When you're sharing in group,
3: Mm -hmm. one-on-one,
5: wherever, um, you are putting it out to the universe.
3: Yeah, that's right. You know, to the weight and load is no longer solely on your shoulders and trapped within within yourself. That's the time when you cut the lease. Yeah, you break
5: the lease. You're no longer the owner. Because remember, we say first, you got to own it. That's right. Okay. Sit in it. But you don't wallow. You certainly don't sign a long-term lease. But there comes a time when you got to let it go. Yeah. Let's go to uh, Eduardo from Hollywood. Welcome to the show.
6: Hi there. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um. So I'm early on in my recovery. I'm, I'm about four months in, and um, I never seem to have any fun anymore. I never seem to be enjoying myself. Um, And I'm just wondering if things are ever going to be enjoyable for me again.
5: Um, Well, let me... You know, uh, I don't have
6: any highs. Um, I have a few lows, but I'm kind of midlining right now. Um, And I'm just wondering if if things are ever going to um, be
4: cool
5: again let me ask you a couple of questions if you don't mind
6: none at all how
5: long did you use for
6: um about 15 years
5: Okay. and did you experience any periods of time in your uh young adult or adult life of sobriety
6: um Brief, yeah, briefly.
5: When you say briefly, do you mean months or years? Months. Okay, so that's not a lot of time when you just, when, when you just have months, okay? So <clears throat> 15 years, you're four months into a recovery process. I usually like to ask people, if you've been using for 15 years, I would say you are worth at least 12 months of your time and your effort and your energy to get your life back in order. Which means... Oh, well, surely. Right now, Surely, so I me just in. mean,
6: no, have I me, done irreparable me. damage? Uh, no, Does not any better?
5: No, follow me, follow me. So at four months in, You've just completed the, what we call the first trimester, similar to a pregnancy, right? And if you've ever had a loved one, female, of course, that has been, gone through a pregnancy, you know more of well, I don't, who am I to say? But the first trimester is usually the most difficult part of the pregnancy in terms of How they feel physically and physiologically and biologically and emotionally and all that stuff, right? But somewhere around month five, six, seven, when they get into that second trimester, things change. They start to feel better physically. They start to feel better emotionally. They start to feel better psychologically spiritually so I wouldn't judge I wouldn't judge for you where you are right now as if that's going to be it for me that while I I, I'm not experiencing any high moments or significant moments of joy right now and 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 is this what it's going to be like for me isn't there any fun and happiness and joy and recovery yes Yes, there is.
6: Well, good. Thank God for that.
5: You got to stick it out to see it to to see it through.
6: Yeah. I I mean I I kind of I kind of suspected, but um, I just wasn't sure.
4: Yeah, there I is. I just a... wasn't
6: sure if if you know maybe um. Life was just kind of mundane.
5: No. no. You're, go- you're going to create your life, so you play a part in it. You play a part in creating what the reality is going to be for you. And as a, as a process of recovery, you're going to learn new things about yourself. You're going to learn new things in terms of what, what you like to do, what makes you happy, what brings you enjoyment, things of that nature. It's all part of the recovery process. It's not just about getting off drugs. Right, right. It's a total holistic process.
6: Right. Fun-filled okay. days of self-discovery. Absolutely. Okay. Right, well, thank you very much. You've been most helpful.
5: All right. You're welcome.
6: Yeah, keep fighting the good fight.
5: All right. Thank you. You as well. Bye bye. Bye bye. Shoot, we were dying after month two.
3: Is <laughs> that's this, it. Is this what it is, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny, but um, we you know that's common too, or or we get that a lot too, you know, and it kind of. We talked about time. I mean, time was a theme in this episode, that it takes time to start to discover things and feel mm-hmm. things when you're trying something new. Same thing we talked about with the whole anger piece and being vulnerable and getting to the, the core um, issues, that when you share about them, it's not going to change overnight. You're not going to feel better all of a sudden. It's the same kind of thing if you've been getting high and you're used to a particular lifestyle or way of living for X amount of years. Now we're trying something new everything is going to be foreign and you're not just going to get it all of a sudden. And it's not going to feel great all of a sudden, but I think you said it really, really well. And I'm actually going to steal that um, from you. As I continue to counsel on the floors mm-hmm. uh, that you're worth right. Giving yourself 12 months at least to mm-hmm. invest and say, you know, can, can this make a difference? Mm-hmm. Can I be happy living this way? Can mm-hmm. I, um, because that's valid. Hey, you gave how many years to that other way of living Mm -hmm. man give yourself at least this much time to see you know what give it a fair shake Yep.
5: let's go to uh, Roderick from San Bruno welcome to the show
1: hi how you doing today good Um, my question is um, I've been in programs after programs unfortunately uh, I feel that at times that's not even worth it to go to another program. But a part of me feels like I really do want that change, but I still don't mm-hmm. get it.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I'd like to find out why I keep doing the same thing over and over.
5: The answer to that question lies not in your head,
1: but in your gut. Within my gut. Um, I mean, I find happiness in this being sober. I mean I've been sober for about four years at one time and, right. and I felt the delight in it. And then when problems arise in front of me and I feel like I give up too easily, you know. Um, and why And why do you do that? I guess it's because I, I guess with all the guilt I've done in the past, it, it definitely chews me, you know, it definitely comes up and bites why, me again.
5: Why, why, haven't, why haven't you dealt with and dissipated and, 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 and moved that guilt over?
1: Mm, I guess I haven't really accepted the fact yet. But uh, I'm working on that today, though. And um, another thing is, is, is like, for oh, example... Oh, oh. Oh, 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 oh. Let's back up.
5: Because when you continue to have repeated attempts... Mm-hmm. At this recovery, Apple repeated repeated bites, yes. and even experience long periods, like you said, four or five years of recovery, and then something happens and fall off the wagon.
1: I, I fall off the wagon, yes.
5: Right. And you gave a little bit of insight as to why mm. that you know what I got unconfronted. Feelings that I haven't dealt with guilt this, that or another. If you do not confront and deal with and whether dealing with means accepting, resolving, etc, all of the issues that have that played a part and contributed to the drug use, the drinking, whatever it is. Yes. Okay? If you don't address them, deal with them, hit them head on, and get to a place with them where you, are, where you are okay and that they will no longer control and dictate what happens to you, okay, the cycle will just repeat itself.
1: Interesting, okay.
5: It may go 10 years the next time of clean and sober, and then something happens that sends you off the wagon.
1: So the main factor is I should be dealing with those issues that really makes me weak within inside.
5: Absolutely.
1: Um, doing the twelve steps also must be the key for me to be able to understand that. Hmm. Uh, interesting. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. Okay. That's a good answer for uh, suggestion and advice. Well, thank you so much. I do appreciate that.
5: All right. You're very welcome.
1: Yeah, have a great day. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
5: When you when you have the opportunity to be in the treatment environment, you got to take full you know, you got to use it. Use it all. And we know what our issues are walking in the door, whether or not we want to divulge them, whether or not we want to face them, whether or not we want to open those can of worms is a totally different story. So that's why I said when I said to him, it's the answer doesn't lie in your head. It lies in your gut. So your gut knows what ails me emotionally. Whether we want to speak to it is a different story, but speak to it. We must. How are we doing on time, sir?
3: Oh, we're doing great. We still have about 10 minutes and I'd like to speak. And
5: I need two minutes because I have a short story to tell.
3: Okay, great. I just want to speak briefly to what you just said about the gut, Mm -hmm. kind of knowing instinctively, subconsciously what you need. That my friends who are listening is not just like something we believe here in this field or there is scientific evidence mm-hmm. that points to your your bodies, even subconscious systems, seeking or moving toward whatever it is you need because as a biological living thing, there's constantly a balance that's being sought. There was actually a program that I found very interesting on – I forget which network it was on the other day – but it followed a specific tribe of natives who – it had been documented um, that there was a a behavioral pattern with these natives that um, it it became like a tradition or a part of a tribal tradition where they would go to a specific rock form or rock structure in their village. And uh, I think this was like an evening kind of deal. And they would would lick this rock. They would all, everybody in the tribe had Mm -hmm. to lick this rock. Um, I actually heard about this and did a little research and then saw a program on it from my father-in-law. But there were minerals and salinity in this rock that they were licking that their diet or their environment wasn't providing for them naturally. So while they may not have known why they were drawn to do this and why this kind of became a tribal Mm -hmm. tradition, um, it was showed through research that, this is what their body physiologically was seeking and receiving from licking this rock Mm -hmm. because it was giving them the salt and the minerals that they were otherwise lacking in their diet. Mm -hmm. And so it just goes to show that as a living organism, you are going to be driven to seek whatever it is that brings balance Mm -hmm. to you or gives you the best chance at continuing to live because that's what, the function of a biological organism is to do is to live and continue to live, mm-hmm. and and that feeds into more than just physical kinds of things, but also emotional, everything that makes you whole, which is like you said, something that can drive you mm-hmm. to hey, you know what, I, I've there's an urge inside me to seek something out to help in whatever regard it may be.
5: Mm-hmm. Morales on the Native Americans.
3: There you have it. All right, how we doing on time again, sir? Sorry. Oh, we got it. Well, if you want a two-minute story, call it five minutes. Okay. All right. Let's go to. Um,
5: uh, let's see. This is Travis from the terrible San Francisco uh, Bay Area.
3: <laughs> Unbelievable.
5: Welcome to the show, Travis. <laughs> he's got. He's wrote, he wrote. He wrote about the Niners, so I purposely changed it. Go ahead. <laughs> Welcome, sir. Welcome.
6: Oh. Thank you, thank you. So my question is, how do I know when I've taken on too many responsibilities in my recovery?
5: When your mind gets cluttered, man, and you can't focus.
6: Yeah. Um, it's just as far as school and work goes, um, I don't know necessarily how to balance it out, balance the stress out, um, and not return to using And why, 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 wait,
5: wait, 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 wait. What, why is using even, even in the equation, a part of the equation?
6: Just because I don't know how to manage stress.
5: Okay. So if you're, you know, going to school, carrying a heavy workload at school and a heavy workload at work and, you know, and you just, you know, you just Mac, how old are you by the way?
7: 24.
5: Man, you better get a 16 hour job and, and go to school eight hours a day and sleep for 15 minutes <laughs> at 24.
7: Yeah.
5: yeah. You have to. N- no one knows you better than yourself. So if something is. If you're starting to feel stressed out, okay, and, and it's work or school, one or the other you have to determine, well, which one, you know, well, most of us have to work, okay? So maybe I need to just reduce my school load a little bit so I can have some more self-care time for my, you know, for myself. Yeah. Not to watch the Niners, okay? <laughs> but, you know, to do other healthy things. Because yeah. next week, you guys are going to be very upset, so we want to make sure that, you you know, you don't purposely go around <laughs> upsetting yourself. But... uh there's nothing wrong with trying to reduce stress, but do not add into the equation using or relapsing, yeah. because once you bring that into the equation, you have now brought it into the universe mm-hmm. for no reason.
6: Yeah. Alrighty. So just cut back on... Pretty much evaluate what I need to cut back on that stress. The, um,
5: yes, maybe yes. Cut back do a on self self analysis and where where do I need to cut back a little bit, or do I need to cut back evenly on both, or one you know one more than the other? Do a little gotcha. self analysis. Alrighty. Sounds okay.
6: Good. All right, All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye bye.
5: Story time.
3: Yeah, you called okay. it. You got 2 minutes, so okay. hit us with the story. So you started off the show t- talking about how we um
5: had our anniversary OCG anniversary
3: little barbecue little get together. Yep.
5: Last week and um when we do that, we also give out the Joseph E. Williams Memorial Award, which yeah. we did give out to uh one of our staff persons.
3: And which by the way, um and I don't know, if you can't, just tell me you can't disclose this on the air, but I was in school for that. Can we disclose who won it? Yes, our cook Rosalind Robertson oh, beautiful. won the award. Yes. Beautiful.
5: So um, late last week, so we, we we did our thing on Thursday, so this must have been Friday or Saturday morning, I got a voicemail message from Joseph's brother, Anthony Williams.
3: Yes, okay. And
5: he said that he was, he was trying to think of a song that, he, that Joe likes, and he knew the name of the group, but he couldn't get the song. Okay? He eventually got the song, and so the name of the group was Brothers Johnson, okay. Okay? and the song was Stomp. And so he doesn't know why he was thinking about it, but he was thinking about his brother, and he was thinking about the group and trying to figure out what was, what's that song that Joe likes so much, and he, he got it. He walks into Safeway and he says, "What's playing on?" Yeah, the, right. What's playing? Wow. What's playing on the PA system? Stop from the Brothers uh-huh. Johnson. Wow. I said, "He's he's here for you, brother." That's it. He's here for you. That's it.
3: That's beautiful, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. The universe works in mysterious ways. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, that's a obviously perfect intro into uh, the show close, which mm-hmm. we will treat everyone with that good little surprise. Um, before you give me your traditional cutoff where I'm into my thing and you have one more thing to add, is there anything you'd like to add now?
5: Um, so our next show will be on the 27th.
1: Okay.
3: And... Um...
5: The Niners should be what one and three by then, or one and two.
3: <laughs> it's very possible one and two, but okay. as long as it's been a competitive uh, two weeks, that's all we can ask for at this point because they are playing the class of the NFC over the next two weeks. Uh, your boys, who do they have on tap, do you know? Uh, no, I don't. Okay, great. Well, actually, I think the Niners are playing Dallas like week four, week five. So okay. we'll have some personal chaffing after that to do, I'm sure. Okay. So anyway, <clears throat> excuse me. Thank you all for who uh, called in to participate in the recovery sports segment time. And we thank those who called in just to listen to the show and continue to give us their ongoing support. We really appreciate all of you who are doing that. Um, again, as we are now moving into a every other week show, we encourage those of you who are, Uh, have an itch or a craving to fulfill for your weekly Rotron recovery to go to the archives. We've got plenty of podcasts available for you all to listen to two years worth, two years, two years worth indeed. And so we look forward to talking to everybody two weeks from now. We wish everybody a safe and productive couple of weeks and fun couple of weekends. Mm
2: show for this evening. Thank you for listening. Be sure to listen to our next broadcast Tuesday at 4 pm Pacific Standard Time on blogtalkradio.com forward slash OCG Radio. Like us, friend us, and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash CA and on Twitter at work CA. You can listen to podcasts of all our shows on iTunes under Roach on Recovery or on our Blog Talk Radio homepage. This has been a presentation of OCG Recovery Radio.
4: Someday, you.